Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Blind Shots Podcast. I'm your host, David Hill, coming to you as always from Lexington, Kentucky. But as you'll hear in a moment, in my mind, I'm back in Southern Pines. This is episode 18. It's round two of the Americans and Pinehurst Roundtable. And in this episode, we visit one of my very favorite golf courses, Mid Pines Golf Club, and its worthy brother across the street, Pine Needles. The Pinehurst area, which means the village of Pinehurst, Aberdeen, Southern Pines, and Sanford, North Carolina, truly are the cradle of golf in the United States, its golf capital. This was recently reinforced by the announcement that the USGA was establishing permanent offices in Pinehurst. Donald Ross, the architect of some fame and note, remains Pinehurst's patron saint and the late Payne Stewart, its favorite champion. Yet there is so much more to the area than just Pinehurst Number 2 and the resort that supports it and eight other golf courses. In this episode, we highlight two of the best of the rest, if you will, just down the road. Before then, a reminder that the Blind Shots podcast is a member of the Talking Golf Network of Shows, which you can find at TalkingGolf.com, which supports a burgeoning empire of top-flight golf podcasts. I direct you to the recent Good Good Golf podcast, episode number 51, where host Rod Morey engages in a rather frank discussion with architect Jeff Minge about the present and future of the game we all love. A reminder, you can interact with this show on Twitter at BlindShotsPod. Any feedback, good, bad, or ugly, is appreciated, and you can submit it there. You can find my thoughts and writings online at OneBeardedGolfer.com. I'm particularly proud of my recent review of Forest Dunes Golf Course at the Forest Dunes Resort up in Roscommon, Michigan. It's as mentally fun and engaging a course as you'll find anywhere, in which I try to convey that in just under 2,000 words. As always, there'll be links uh, in the show notes of anything that I speak of or that we mention as a group of particular relevance. A reminder that the Blind Shots podcast is sponsored by me, David Hill, and only me. In addition to playing, talking, and writing about golf, I'm a licensed Kentucky realtor with Rector Hayden Realtors. I work with homeowners buying and selling their homes, and I also enjoy working with investors and businesses on commercial properties here in central Kentucky. You can find all of my contact information over at davidhill.rhr.com. Reach out to me if you have a real estate question on the tip of your brain, and I'll be happy to discuss it with you. Now back to the roundtable. Our discussion, the usual smorgasbord of memories, laughs, and analysis, starts at Midpines in Southern Pines, North Carolina. As I mentioned in the episode, I'm a sucker for a period piece. And Midpines has that vibe of vintage cool practically oozing up through its firm sandy turf and native grasses and waste areas. It's a perfect walking course with gentle slopes that lead to some of the most subtle yet captivating reveals that you're going to find anywhere on Bermuda grass. I've made three loops around mid pines, two by myself, uh, left to my own devices as a solo to enjoy and make of the course what I will. It's a beautiful and intimate place. It's a golf course to think my way around. I've taken time to contemplate larger questions of golf and life there and eventually give all of that up, empty my mind, and just get washed away and how special that that little corner of the earth is. After a stop for lunch in the Mid-Pines Grill and Bar Room and the Locker Room in the Mid-Pines Inn, which is enchantingly frozen in time that you just can't help but be charmed by, Fred, Matt, and I hop across the boulevard to have our say about the course at the Pine Needles Golf resort. Pine Needles is, in many ways, what Mid-Pines is not, a perfect complement within the sphere of the North Carolina Sand Hills. It's big and brawny, a beautiful championship course with a championship pedigree to match. Where Mid-Pines is intimate, Pine Needles is hulking, playing long while winding through forests with a perimeter of houses which in no way interfere with the golf experience, to be honest. Mid-Pines is a wonderful course for match play with all of its intricacies. Pine Needles is a more demanding test of one's overall game. Big playing corridors lead to big greens with big trouble, sometimes in very small packages, along the way. And for a landlocked course stuck in a pine forest, it's got as glorious a closing stretch as you'll find, in my opinion. Some of the best opportunities for heroic, aggressive shots combined with 
Ross's devious genius make for a thrill ride to the finish line. You'll hear all about these two incredible golf destinations and more from Fred, Matt, and I. I genuinely count Mid Pines and Pine Needles as two of the most special places in golf. Playable for all, but mastered by few. I could go on and on and on and on, and I do, but I do manage to let Matt and Fred get a few words in of their own, despite my best efforts. So without any further ado, here we are with episode 18 of the Blind Shots Podcast. You know, I wanted to talk today about Mid Pines and Pine Needles down in Southern Pines, North Carolina, both you know, wonderful Donald Ross courses from the 1920s, both lovingly restored uh, by Kyle Franz in the last 10 years. I'll start with Mid Pines, and you guys know that's one of my favorite places on God's green earth, probably one of my two favorite courses in America. Um, it is a different course. You know, if Pine Needles uh, is a, a championship course, and that's what it holds itself out to be, Mid Pines is decidedly not. Uh, it is a, a members course meant for fun, I guess, between members. Uh, you know, it's a short course. It only tips out at about a uh, little more than 6,700 yards, I believe, when the three of us were last there. Uh, we played it at under 6,200 yards. You know, it's a, a core course. You know, it doesn't – it's a compact routing, which is one of the things Ross was was known best for. He could fit 18 holes across just about any parcel if he had 100 or uh, 150 acres. And this one's only about, I think, 120 or 130 acres. So you've got some houses on the periphery uh, there on the back nine. But otherwise, you know, it's a walk in the woods. Um, you are – you've got parallel holes with tall pine trees and scraped sand kind of between the two. Um, you know, it is a – for my money – having played it a, a few times now the one thing I, I really enjoy about it is that it is a really is a first shot golf course and you don't see or hear that a lot and I'll, I'll explain it this way uh, you know not being long if you hit a decent drive or decent tee shot you're going to have a look at the green the problem being if you are on the wrong side of the green at least half of the putting surface is blind to you because it's going to be stuck behind a little hill or a little bump or the face of a bunker. And not even a big – these aren't big McKenzie, you know, eight, nine-foot splashed sand bunkers. They're just these little kind of rolling mounds. Uh, but the way they're placed, if you are on the wrong half or the wrong third, really, of the fairway, all of a sudden you're shooting at a flag and you don't know if it's front, back, uh, you're not going to see your ball land, and that can be pretty uncomfortable. Um, you know, a lot of uh, a common criticism is that it's more narrow than a lot of the sand hills. You know, there's it's a diverse course in that it does move up and down. It moves left and right. Um, you know, my notes from when I was down there this summer is that what I wrote on the scorecard was reveal, because you never have a clean look hardly at anything. It uh, doesn't matter what tee box you're playing from. You're always kind of, I find myself always kind of looking around the corner to see where the flag was or where the trouble was or uh, standing on my tippy toes or walking kind of quick to get a look at something that's that's elevated. So those are things that I enjoy. It reminds me of what, you know, maybe the best Parkland course in the world for my money. So that's my, my intro, Matt. What are your one or two things that you remember most about Mid Pines? So, you know, you bring out the, the point about it being narrow. That does not play really well with my game, so it, it beat me up pretty well. Um, I, now, I'd go out and play it tomorrow if my wife wouldn't, you know, give me a problem for driving eight hours on no notice to play golf. But um, so I, don't get me wrong. I had a blast out there, and I'd do it again. With that said, it's the it, – it's the kind of course that where if you're not accurate off the tee, and I mean pretty darn accurate off the tee, it can get away from you quickly. You can have a 370-yard par four, be a little bit, couple degrees off, hit yourself a you know a limb on a pine tree, drop into some gunch as they as they say down there, and uh, and find yourself you know dropping you know dropping two hitting three 300 yards away. I mean, you can it can get away from you quickly out there. Um, 
so that was one thing that uh, that I noticed. Another one is that it, it felt very much like you were kind of stepping back in time a little bit. On that course, I feel very much that, I mean, it could be, it could be 2020, it could be 1935. And I kind of feel like it would sort of look the same. Um, and part of that's that there's not houses around there. You really are, like you said, walking up in the woods. Um, but it, it, that place more than any that we've played, maybe, maybe other than number one, but, um, that place really feels like it's still exactly what he had in mind when he put it together. There's not a lot of courses that are just like it, um, because of some of the things that you mentioned. Um, so that's one of those things you can kind of get lost in just sort of lost in the moment at mid pines, I think. Well, and that, you know, what you said there is perfect because I'm a sucker for a period piece. If I'm going to watch a show or a movie, it's probably going to be some historical thing in, in fancy costume. Uh, and Mid Pines plays right to that. And it, I like to tell people here that haven't been down there, it's what Gabriel Jr. course at Picadome wants to be when it grows up. You know, that same um, kind of parkland dividers between the holes. But, yeah, greens on the smallish side. Um, having to work the ball, you know, you can you can run it up to the green. You might not be able to run up to to the flag, but you can get a, away with scraping the ball around there because of the sandy, you know, sandy soil, hard, firm turf that they've got down there. Um, you know, a little more shot making than just brute force. Which, frankly, out of the three of us, Fred, that you know, sometimes when you're on, that's that's what you can do is hit shots and shape the ball a little bit. Um, what do you remember? What sticks out from Mid Pines for you? Um, t- kind of what, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, kind of what you guys were saying. The first thing that jumps out at me, at me was I remember I thought the par threes on that course were um, were outstanding. Um, they were all really different. I don't like going to a course um, and hitting, you know, a a four iron, a five iron, and a and another, you know, hybrid or something like that. You know, they were all relatively different. Um, they, there was a couple short ones. There was a couple of them that were a little longer, but the par threes really stuck out at me, stuck out for me as, as, um, as, uh, as, as really well thought out. Um, a couple of them were uphill, a couple of them were downhill, a couple of them were flat. I thought that you got, uh, it kind of goes into what you were saying, Dave. It was, um, it was a, a second kind of shot course even on the par threes like you were looking at something that you were going to see later on as well um and i think that the courses that we played that first time down there i think i played the best there um but i unfortunately put i think i was playing um uh mark phillips at the time and he was playing a lot better than me so uh my my results were not good but i felt like i played really well there um, but there was, I felt that that course was something that, as you said, would suit me going and playing it uh, very often in that it, it, it was very well defensed against somebody just going out there and hitting the ball as far as they could. Um, the, the bunkers were in the right places. There were holes that you didn't even have to hit, you know, a driver, right. you could hit something you had to hit to, to the dog leg, right? There was a landing area. I'm a big, big fan of target golf, right? Um, uh-huh. I, I like that a lot, and you know, with everything going on in the world of golf today, with Mr. DeChambeau's um, performance in the U.S. Open, you know that the courses like that, they're always going to have that defense on their own. You know, if you if you want to hit a driver and you hit a good shot, yeah, you're going to have a wedge. But if you miss there, I think it was Matt who said there's some really tall pine trees, a lot of pine straw off in those uh, corners and even though those pine trees are really tall and there's not a lot of limbs really close man it just seems the, those little tiny trunks seem to get hit an awful lot with golf balls um uh, but that was kind of um that that was the takeaway from the course itself you know the par threes and just um just more of the target golf that you guys were talking about i agree and, and you mentioned a, a big pet peeve for me is if I go to a course and I'm pulling the same club on two or three um, par threes, and yes, they are very different there. Two is a long, hard shot. Um, you know, eight is that little downhill, but God help you if you go long, you know. 
Uh, and then it bleeds right into, you know, nine is one of my favorite holes there where you, you, you hit less than driver because you'd go through. It's a dogleg right, you know, about right back before the halfway house. And, I mean, yeah, if you can bend one left to right, okay, maybe you can nuzzle one down there close. But there's no reason to try to hit the ball more than 220, 230 yards. Um, you know, set yourself up. The greens there, you know, the, the grain in those greens is not like Pinehurst number one. You know, we talked about that on an earlier episode. I thought the topography um, between Pinehurst number one and Mid Pines was probably the closest. You know, the, as far as the vertical movement within holes, um, you know, having a few elevated tees, but a few uphill blinds, those sorts of things, some level. Um, one of the things I think they did really well there is that scraped, exposed sand aesthetic, you know, with some cluster grass. Um, that was the first time I guess I'd really seen that. Cause you, you get a little bit of it over at the cradle, um, but, you know, again, it kind of harkens back to that. Now, it's I'm sure it's a lot of intense work to, to curate that look these days. Um, but that was something that I remember, you know, kind of as the – the look of the course, I just enjoy. That just, I'm with you, Fred. Being able to hit less than driver or, or take less than a, a full swing off the tee and try to place the ball is is fun. It's a course that you need some spin because those greens are not receptive, as I recall. You know, they've got they've got multiple pin positions on those things, but um, you know, if you're coming, what I remember is if you're coming in hot or a little shallow to one of those greens. You're not holding. You're 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 being you're being shot into what is probably going to be a really bad place. You know, you're where where you're thinking. Okay, am I going to nudge this up there with my hybrid? Am I going to try to pick it with a sand wedge? Uh, Matt Cheney, with your with your wedge selections, that had to be just a nightmare. Oh, it's yeah. I didn't mention it, but I'm I'm glad you did. That's, <laughs> like, it comes part of it's the accuracy, but yes, you're right. It's the, those greens are not something that you hold very easily. I mean, if you're going to hold those greens, you're, you're like you said, putting some serious spin on the ball. And the collection areas down there at Mid Pines, I think even more than most of the rest, are, are just, they're brutal. There's, they no, are, there's no long rough to stop your ball. No, no. And so every every shot back is longer than it should be. And like you said, yeah, you, am I going to pick this thing? Am I going to try? I, am I going to putt it? Am I going to get yeah. all Scotlandy and, and just putt it from 40 yards? Because frankly, with how I was hitting chips that day, I might as well. Um, but yet, no, the, the inverted salad bowls followed by no rough with greens that I couldn't hold. And yet somehow I'd go out and play it again tomorrow. You know, there was a part of it for me was that it had such a laid back vibe from the pro shop, you know, the guys in the pro shop to, um, you know, we had lunch in there. That bar is fantastic. It's old. Uh, you know, I don't know how much it's been updated. Obviously they've got modern bar equipment, but you know, dark wood paneled walls with pictures. And uh, I was going to say that they, they used all the wood. Yeah. They, all they, the wood <laughs> available, they used it. Whatever they cleared to make the course, it went right into all the walls of, of that, you know, and it's a proper bar with a big patio. Um, I don't know if you guys snuck into or, or had cause to go to the locker room. That It's more wood. It's, you know, it's original, you know, probably from the uh, from 100 years ago, and it is beautiful. I, I'd never seen – I've been in a lot of locker rooms. that I'd never seen one like that, kind of almost an antique feel to it. Um, and you were, you know, we were members for a day for, for lack of a better phrasing, you know, they were, everybody was laid back. Everybody was welcoming take your time. Yes. Go see whatever you wanted to see, which isn't, you know, doesn't happen everywhere. So that was, um, maybe that gave me a certain affinity, but I'm with you guys. I'm with you, Matt. If we could get a weekend pass, I'd head down there. Um, don't think I haven't committed to memory what they're with the days that their rates drop um, for, you know, quote-unquote shoulder season and off-season. Always watching that. Um, so any other thoughts on your, your mid-pines experience? Um, Fred, would it be – no, go ahead, Matt. I, I, got, I got one right off the bat. Coming in on 18, that, that look with the kind of amphitheater behind and the hotel back there, it's a fabulous finishing look. I know they, you know – 
they don't call themselves a championship course, but that's a that's a championship looking finish. Yeah, yeah, and or yeah, with people on the patio, and you've got that amphitheater of the 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 holly, the inn, the the big mid pines inn, and it's beautiful and antique. Um, and again, you kind of come around a corner, and oh, there it is. You come off 17, which you can't really see it, but you you slide over to 18 T box, and you're looking at makes the hole look pretty small the juxtaposition <laughs> um fred any closing thoughts on on mid pines uh just that um just lunch that we had in there you know i was i i, I used the uh, locker room uh walk down the hallway and i remember i was looking at all the pictures down that really and i actually took one and kind of moved it a little bit and it wasn't like you know some places you go there's like four screws in it holding it in the wall there was none of that i just moved it over a little bit and the wood behind the painting was about three shades lighter <laughs> i mean you could I, there's times where you could sit there and i bet you if you really really thought about it you could smell like cigarette smoke that was oozing out of that wood i mean it was like a scene out of like a what i would think the Skull and Bones, you know, weekly meeting is like somewhere. I mean, it was it was straight up wood paneling just to be wood paneling on top of. I shouldn't say paneling. I'm pretty sure it wasn't paneling. I don't want to any disrespect. Um, just wood. The, the woodwork, right? Yeah, like the trees. The trees that you said they cut down when they made the course. It's it's um it's something to you know it's something to behold i mean we, we're not giving it the justice that it deserves but it's uh it's very unique we'll put it that way it is and like again uh, of places i've played that i'd consider you know making some kind of long-term commitment uh i'm not necessarily sold on the idea of a national membership i don't think i would travel with kids and i'd be too long before i could travel that far but that would be something you know playing championships playing club competitions around that place that's something I could see myself doing for the next 30 years. That would be fun. You know, within the same vein, across literally across the street, across a very pretty boulevard there in Southern Pines, is the Pine Needles uh, Resort. And it is it is more of a resort course. You know, the the course is from the is from 1927. Again, it it was restored in 2017 by Kyle Franz. It has a, a championship pedigree. It has hosted uh, USGA events. I think it most recently hosted a, a women's amateur uh, national championship. You know, 7,000 yards at par 71. That's all the golf course that you could want from the back. I know, Fred, you have a little experience with that. You played one hole from the back on our most recent trip. Uh, that looked like no fun whatsoever. Um, it just happened to be the hardest hole in the course as well. Yeah, that was a good choice by by your teammate, as as I recall. Um, you know, it is a bigger, bulkier course, um, fewer para- you know, bigger footprint. Uh, if Mid Pines is compact and intimate, Pine Needles is a little bit hulking, um, with kind of the same aesthetic, uh, flatter and larger chunks, bigger greens, bigger bunkers, you know, bigger. Um, just bigger everything, as I recall. You know, the thing that always will stick out with me, and I, I enjoy that course too. It's just if Pine Needles is a 99 for me, or I'm sorry, if Mid Pines is a 99, Pine Needles might be a 95. Um, but that closing stretch of holes for me is what does it. You're on a little bit flatter land, and yet it there the challenge is there. You go a par five, a par three, a big dog leg hook left, and then come down the hill back to the the clubhouse and i think you get the best of the look you get the best of the greens there um that is for me i don't find that at mid pines i think each shot is kind of you know i don't think individual holes stick out as much over there across the street at pine needles i think there's some cachet to just some of the hole designs um and i'll I'll open it up fred if you want to think about you know what because you've been there twice now um, on our group, and, and what stands out at the Pine Needles course for you? Uh, Pine Needles, uh, pretty easy for me. It's uh, 1 and 18. Um, I find 1 to be extremely intimidating tee shot. Um, I feel like when you stand on that tee box, you're on just this little tiny sliver of an island, right? Because you're right in the middle of everything. You know, there's 
there's the the big cart path where everybody's coming in and out. You you have to hit past where we teed off this year. You have to hit past the little starter's hut, mm-hmm. you know. And then you have the the large putting green on the right side. You have the the driving range, and then you have. I try not to look over there to the left, but I remember it wasn't good. Um, <laughs> there's not a lot of place to go except the fairway. Um, and there's a big bunker that, that you're looking yeah. at up there top of the hill. I find that tee shot to be when we make these trips down there, um, you know, hey, um, tobacco road as, as number one is a beautiful tee shot. But I think that for all the places that we played, even Piners number one, that tee shot um, at Pine Needles is probably the most demanding. Um, and it starts it's kind of starts you off, you know. Saying, hey, here's here's what you're going to have to look forward to. Um, I agree. There's a lot more places to miss once you get past that first tee box. Um, there's more areas, you know, uh, as we were saying that, um, um, you know, Mid Pines is a, a lot tighter. You have a little bit more target golf. I feel that, you know, Pine Needles, you can you can be a little more wild and 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 spray the ball. I don't want to say spray, but you can be a little more wild off the tee and not find yourself in too much trouble if you don't mind hitting out of a you know a, a waste area here and there. Um, um, and I think you know finishing up like you said, 18 is you know after you hit that tee shot down the hill when you have that second shot that that's that is an awesome look as well because you're looking back down, you know. Um, at you know at everything that you had to deal with off of off of one tee you have all that stuff off to the right you're there's some houses there along the other side on the right side of the green or fairway but um that, that's just a great way to finish yeah you, so. you close the loop you come back because the course doesn't come back at the halfway you know so you you close the circuit and you you've got this you're, you're on t- on high looking down at the the entire resort which is nice and you know what you you mentioned about being able to spray it a little bit i think that is one of the I think that's a, a feature a positive quality because the course is so long I mean now granted you're playing you're playing on firm sandy fairways so you can the ball can run out a little bit um, but it would make sense that if you're gonna gonna require a little more length that you're the, the course is a little bit more forgiving um, with you know you can get away the the angle of attack for kind of our level of players isn't maybe the most important thing. You can come at it from the wrong side of the fairway and and have a chance to you know be on the right section of the green or to reach a, a green um, as opposed to mid pines where I think being on the being in position off the tee was a was a key factor. Um, Matt, what what are your impressions from Pine Needles having been down around it a couple of times? The way that you feel about mid pines is the way that I feel about pine needles. I love pine needles. And you're absolutely right. It is it is bigger. It is a bit hulking in places. Um, because I mean like you like you said, pine needles is tighter. This gives you a little bit more leeway. Fred, you're right. It's it's not quite spraying. You if you spray the ball, you'll get in trouble. But you can miss a little bit at pine needles and be able to get away with it, which for somebody like me is, is helps it feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, but the number one thing that I love about pine needles is that all you have to bring to be successful at that course is everything. If you're going to be successful there, I recommend being long off the tee, being accurate with your irons, chipping well and putting well. Other than that, you know, it's pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, it's walk in the park. Right, because that course, you're going to hit every club in your bag at that course. I mean, I love I love the juxtaposition of one and two. One's a par five, very intimidating drive, like Fred said. Two's a par four. I don't care what the yardages say. They play about 20 yards different. Yeah, not and, much different. One One's uphill, one's downhill. Yep. And, you know, so you've got that. You come in on one, and you get the opportunity to decide, am I going to go for this thing? Am I going to lay up? you got the bunkers on the left there. There's a lot to think about. You're presented with a very similar hole, essentially, on number two, with entirely different challenges. Right now, it's a long par four. You've got to go for it, essentially. Um, everything that runs front to back there 
makes it, you know, just really different. You're coming in with a with a big club trying to hold the green that runs away from you. I mean, um, and then you go to a short par three next that I'm pretty sure in playing it twice, I've taken 12 or 13 strokes on. Um, I mean, it just, it, it does a little bit of everything there. And, you know, I'm, I was playing with Mark Phillips this last time and he's one of our, you know, sub five handicap guys. And I watched him take three shots to get out of one of the waste areas. Cause he was up against one of those, you know, clumps of stuff, and you know, it wasn't it wasn't 15 yards off the fairway. I mean, it was right there, but you can get yourself in that spot. And even really good players, you know, can can struggle in some of those places. Um, so it's it's going to challenge you a ton. But like we said, you can miss a little bit in the right spots and be fine. So it, it's a it's really got a lot of different things going for it, which is what i really like about it you know i've never met the the recovery shot that i didn't want to try you know that's one of my specialties um it just kind of comes out Uh, the more i've got to think about it the better chance i might be able to do it and i think pine needles gives you that chance maybe as well as anywhere with just the way it's kind of opened up in the sight lines and the way the the native sand the sandy waste areas and the native grasses you know for as big as and hulking as it is the holes that i remember best other than that closing stretch i think number um yeah number four where you've got a a forced carry across the water your second shot's up to the you can't see the surface of the green you know it's not a terribly long you've got a a shorter mid iron into that green if you hit a decent drive but there's so much going on up there that if you miss the green you've got bunkers and then you've got a tee box actually sitting next to it so it's all (laughs) closely mown and, and shaved right there um you know, for for me, number eleven is one of my favorite holes. You know, after the big, big par five over the water that turns straight left, then you've got that kind of down and and back up with a bunch of waste area on the right, bends around to the right, and so you've got, you know, if you're in the middle of the fairway or the left side of the fairway, you've got a great view of a very deep, uh, kind of interesting green, but you can you can bleed out to the right there and still uh, kind of have a, a chance at recovery. Which is where I've been. I know at least once or twice when I played it. Um, that downhill, the par threes on that course are really interesting to me. Like the one you mentioned, Matt, number three. You've got that little kind of three level. It's like three little postage stamps taped together, right there, because it's so it's narrow. Uh, then you, the next one is has this huge rolling, sprawling green um, that you're hitting a long iron. I think I hit a hybrid into it. You know, maybe 200 yards. But it's huge and it's receptive. It's just you don't know which level your ball is going to be at at that distance. Um, whereas on the back, you've got that one that you're, what, 40, 50 feet. The tee box is 40, 50 feet above the green, and it's super deep. Um, you know, it might be 180 or something yards, but it, you're, you're for, again, 40, 50 feet above it, and the, the green is maybe 60 yards deep. Um, so it's a, a good a good match play. I, I thought Mid Pines of the two is a better match play course, and I thought Pine Needles would, would be a better a better team game. You know, if you're playing a, a Wolf or you know some kind of team competition, because it's going to be more forgiving. Um, maybe I've got that backwards. You know, that's that's our game when we go down there. We play a lot of match play, and I just like your guys' thoughts on that as far as which one if one would lend itself to that more so than the other. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think I would probably I would probably have to go with you on that. I, I would think that you know mid pines is a, I guess would lend a little more excitement for a match play, um, a match play format because you know it is a little more. Um, uh, I'll say demand. I don't want to say demanding, but. Um, I think little, more more styles of play can win at mid pines. You can be defensive, yeah. or you can be yeah. aggressive, or some kind of mix of both. I think at pine needles you just have to be straight aggressive because of the size of the course and yeah. the the size of some of those shots and greens is yeah. how I would look at it. And and like we said, that it's a little shorter. There's there's situations where you don't need to hit driver, but you know if you find yourself down or if you find a hole that suits your eye, you can be 
you know, that ultra aggressive and, you know, and knock it up there close, but you bring everything into play. I don't, I think that, you know, pine needles, you don't have that kind of, um, that, uh, that fluctuation, you know, um, you know, this is Ryder Cup, would be Ryder Cup week, right? Everybody loves that drivable par four on the Ryder Cup, right? Yeah. Um, they all love that. Well, you know, I think that that, that setup at, at a mid-pines kind of gives you that ability to run that ball up there close and either put the pressure, you know, mm-hmm. on on your on your opponent or, or you know, really, really seal his, seal his fate by, by deciding what he has to do for him, so to speak. Right. So I think I would agree with you on that. Yeah, for for, yeah. My, for my money, you've got pine needles is wide enough. The corridors are wide enough. You don't have to move the ball off the tee one way or the other. You can just hit your shot. You, there's you can aim right or aim left and work the ball on most holes. I think mid pines, you know, it it would put a decision to you. if you're if you're down coming in. Okay, I'm a drawer slash hooker of the golf ball. And there are some holes that if I really want to beat somebody that's on their game, I'm going to have to get uncomfortable and try to move it the opposite way. Whereas pine needles, I think you can just, again, I think there's more brawn involved. Matt, go ahead and disagree with us. I will will do nothing of the kind. Um, I think, yeah, sorry to be uncontroversial. I think the thing about pine needles that you didn't mention, I, I I won't double down on lots of things that you said that were correct. The one thing I think you didn't mention at pine needles, when you get right or left of the fairway into the trees, it's typically just into the pine straw at mid pines. You can find yourself in a real bad spot that you can't get out of. You're taking a drop out of your, you know, some something that's that's worse than just pine straw in on you know with some relatively sparse pine trees that you know Phil Mickelson would hit a a screaming iron out of and run it up to a green right that's that shot's easier to pull off at pine needles than it is at mid pines and so I think the misses at mid pines penalize you even more than they do at pine needles which is another match play feature where you know. You can't just reach back and go get it because you'll find a way out of it. At Mid Pines, there are places you can't find a way out of. Right. And so you may give away a hole off the tee. Yeah. But yeah, I think more holes would conclude with a – yeah, <laughs> once people find their ball. Um, and, and, you know, for both courses, um, I, I keep mentioning the aesthetic. That scraped sand. If you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, think about the – the most recent iteration of Pinehurst number two, or if you've been down there to see Pinehurst number four, where you have you have the plain turf of the fairways and a little bit of rough that's at a different mower height, and then you get into sandy soil. You know they're not bunkers; there there are bunkers and there are native sandy areas. It's two different things, two different compositions. I think that's a beautiful look. Um, it's something we don't have here in the, the Mid-South. It's not something you guys have necessarily up there in the Midwest. Um, you know, you go far enough up into to Michigan and Wisconsin and you get sand pockets that they can reproduce a version of that. Um, it, but both courses, you know, we saw a little bit of that at Pinehurst number one, you know, walking in 18. And Fred, you got to hit a shot on, you know, the other course and see that kind of aesthetic more so than the the velvety turf, uh, you know, wall-to-wall turf of number one. But they're both essentially resort courses. You know, I, I build Mid-Pines as a member's course and Pine Needles as the championship course, but they're both player-friendly. You can run the ball onto a lot of greens. From a, a good player I trust, he said, you know, that for that same aesthetic, that it's done much better at Mid-Pines and Pine Needles because – you know, mid handicappers and high handicappers can get around those courses. You get into Pinehurst number two, you know, those greens, most people don't have the game to tackle correctly. You know, a caddy might be able to teach them over the course of a round how to get the ball to stop on one of those upside down saucers, but it, it's not going to be easy. He says Pinehurst number four is a, you know, is a very difficult and championship style course versus even though mid pines ate you up, Matt Cheney, you still got around. You still sure. you know, posted a two digit number. Um, yeah, and and it was more much more so my fault than than the course's fault that day, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, 
So that I, I don't know if you guys got that feeling, kind of going back and seeing them a second time. I, I, that comment made a little more sense. You know, the, the greens at Pine Needles are pretty big, and if you're in play, you can stay in play. One fun thing, you know, we talk about the sandy soil turf. Both times we played there, I don't know if it's just the normal, hey, it's Tuesday and this is what we do, but the grounds crew followed us around and sanded the greens right behind us. Uh, now, we were there the same time, first week of August, but something makes me think, you know, as firm as those are and as few ball marks as I fixed on any of those greens in, what, a dozen rounds down there, yeah, that, that the the application of sand keeps those things firm and fast year-round. It, it, I don't know how to explain it. For, for those of us that play in wet mud and wet clay, loamy soil, um, you know, 12 months out of the year, well, Southern Pines being a great contrast. This last trip, now, Matt, it's funny to me. I don't consider Southern Pines a lot more wide open than than mid pines on some of those drives. But you were hammering the ball, you know, pretty straight. So that mid pines got in your head, whereas something like Southern Pines didn't necessarily. I find funny, but you know that with those being still being bent grass greens. Um, you know, the ball just leaving explosive ball marks was something that really stood out. Like, we noticed it because every place else had Bermuda, you know, creeping grass greens with, with hard lots of sand underneath it. So, um, were you in a lot of bunkers of either one? Um, I mean, I remember at Mid Pines, I mean, you can talk about not having big bunkers. John Mark almost had to hold on to my belt to prevent me from falling over when I was in, the, it was on nine. I, I mean, I fried egg into the freaking face of that thing and had to had to take it as big of a swing as I could to try to move the ball anywhere. Um, so I know I remember that one specifically. I was in a few at Mid Pines. Um, and I mean, between the two rounds, a handful of pine needles, but probably not a ton. So that, what about you, Fred? That's, I worked real hard to avoid those, but... You know, the one one or two jumped up and grabbed me. Yeah, I think that um, I was the, the one that I remember most vividly was I was in the bunker on 18 that we were that we were talking about. Um, uh, it was again, you know, off the tee. Those bunkers are I say this a lot, and some people understand what I mean. Some don't, but when the bunkers are in the right place on the correct location, um, you know that that makes it a little more entertaining, right? It's a little, it's a little more fun. And that bunker on, on 18, they're on the right side. And we all know that my ball has an unbelievable candy of, uh, always finding that right side of the fairway. Um, I was in that one. Um, and, um, I don't remember many green side bunkers that I was in. Uh, I think I was in a handful, maybe maybe fairway bunkers that I remember, but um, but I, I do remember that one. Um, I guess it was because I was looking up at that ginormous clubhouse behind the green. I was like, oh man, look at that thing. Um, but yeah, uh, a handful, like Matt said, just you know here and there. You know, for such a small property, yeah, there's a lot of things that are in the right place. You know, and there are. There are no holes that I remember that long is okay. You know, that was a common theme, whether it be – you know, so a lot of those greens are those old-timey push-up greens. So you're going to have, you know, putting, even if you're putting, it's like, okay, you've got to you've got to make a foot and a half of elevation judgment in a very short, uh, very short period of time for – if you live down there or play on that kind of – kind of turf all the time okay you can probably assess that pretty quickly but for us mopes that are you know just down there one week a year that's a that's a big ask you know the 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 short grass is sinister around those greens so just wasn't sure um yeah when i went down this summer it was eight holes before i remembered oh there's grain on these greens that's why i can't get the ball to the hole or i'm 20 feet past it um so that was a that once I had that light bulb moment, those greens got a lot easier. Um, but nobody nobody told me. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, it's, I trust me. I, there's there's plenty of times where I would have much rather have been in a bunker than sitting in the collection area. I was sitting in trying to figure out how I was going to bump and run a seven iron up that hill. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and still, and you probably have no – you can't go right at the flag. Those greens have just well, – li- just well, little subtle deviousness, which is which is really fun. You know, those are both uh, beat up or not very fun places to play. Well, the, fun, the funny part is that it's Pine Needles. Pine Needles was the course where I threatened – where I lost it a little bit and threatened to exhume Donald Ross's body and kick his ass. You would think it would have been at, pine, at, at Mid Pines, but no, it was actually it was actually when I uh, went from collection area to the middle of the green and rolled back into a bunker. <laughs> that's, that's, it was, that was a very very dark side that you showed that day. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, very scary. Yes, no, and uh, and then you know, not going to follow through with it, but that definitely le- that came out of my mouth. That's for sure. I, I remember that. Uh, a, lot, a lot of magic down there. I don't know. Any thoughts on, on greens before we get out of here? Or, or overall vibe of, of those two courses? I think if... if uh, it, We talked about it a little bit in the episode with, with Pinehurst number one. The grain, especially at, at Pine Needles, I remember it. Again, mid-pines, those greens baffled me so much. I don't know that I remember enough of the particularities of them, but... Um, the grain on the greens at Pine Needles will get you if you're not paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're if you're down grain or up grain, it matters. Um, which which goes to my earlier comment about how you better bring all four facets of the game. Putting, oh, they are big greens. They are not. You're not going to have the most slope in the world. There's plenty of it, um, but you better pay attention to the grain on the greens. You better be concentrating on what you're doing or you could find yourself 10 feet by or 10 feet short. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I'll, I'll talk to um, mid pines uh, a bit. I, I think that mid pines fits more of what my expectation of, of Pinehurst golf was, the first time we went down there, that really kind of just um, fit my my whole mindset leading up to our first trip down there because that was my first trip down there. And, um, you know, from other than what I've seen on TV, um, I tried to prepare myself the best I could for the trip. And that is what I envisioned a lot of, you know, those those tall, um, those tall skinny pine trees uh, with the native areas around them and the pine straw um, it, it feels to me like it's a pinehurst course I agree yeah you know and, and part of it maybe for pine needles having a little bit less of that character for me is that it's a little bit more modern you know you pull in the parking lot and that's not a turn of the last century hotel you know it, it's what would you guess 60s you know, a lot of 70s architecture. You know, those ha- those buildings um, down the right side of the, the 18th hole, some of those are resort properties, you know, for the big groups. Uh, our group is – we're a tweener group. We're big enough to, to overrun most of the houses in the area, but not big enough for, you know, something like those that has you know, groups of 20. Because they do – I think Pine Needles is set up to, to host bigger groups. You see some of the tournaments that go in and out of there. Um, I follow them on social media and some outings that they have are big, you know, 32, 64. They'll stick those, you know, they'll fill a couple of houses instead of just fill up all the, the lodge rooms. Um, haven't eaten there, so I, I can't speak to the – it seems like a little more formal on that side of the street. Um, the vibe just wasn't necessarily as laid back. Um, that goes to the bigger and a little bit, you know, the, the putting green's a little bigger. That clock, you know, nice big formal space. Um, but I love them both. Uh, I will continue to sneak down there every chance I get. Every year that we don't go to Scotland, um, you'll be able to find me down there at least once, whether our, our guys' trip is down there or not. So, as always, guys, thanks for the thoughts. Don't let Matt scare you off of mid-pines. It's not that tight of a course. Sweeping hooks and screaming slices are going to be punished there. But on what golf course worth its course rating is a poor shot rewarded? I'm a golf gypsy. I'm not a member of a private club. And I've never really given serious thought to a national golf club membership. You know, because I've got two little Viking Raiders, ages three and five, to take care of. 
I can't justify the economics or the time of some far-flung course or dormy club type network. But mid-pines and pine needles, and southern pines now too, even though they're open for public play, are places that I could see myself enjoying going around and around and around on in, never tiring of the golf questions posed or the playing field on which they're answered. Hey, thanks for stopping by for this episode of the Blind Shots Podcast. I hope you liked what you heard here. Next, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast feed service. Maybe share an episode with your friends or retweet the show link on Twitter. If you're one that forges your own path, enjoying the idea of poking the conformist in the eye on your way down the side road of life's highway, head over to iTunes and leave a rating and a review for the show. Tell the world what you think of the show, and that you don't care what anyone says about us. That's how we stop the fascists from winning. If you didn't like what you heard, sorry about that. I can't do anything about it now, but I will try to do better next time. And I hope you will join me again next time here on the Blind Shots Podcast. Most importantly, I hope you're being safe and smart and staying sane out there. We will get through this. So remember, when you're playing golf, do decide to go for it and take dead aim. an old Indian mound that is actually on that course. And I have this uh, huge uh, fondness for Indian mounds. As um, Ohioans should. You guys have some world famous yes. Indian mounds up there. I mean, I mean, you can't, we can't go anywhere. If there's a sign for an Indian mound, it's Matt, it, I'm it's, talking here. It's his granola. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and, I'm still hearing about the fact that, I mean, we were in the car for eight hours down to Pinehurst. We get down there. We're about to get there. There's a sign. Oh, there's a sign for Indian Mount. No, we're going to get to the golf course. We're going to tee off in like an hour and 20 minutes. We, we had plenty of time. We had plenty of time. You and Jared are jackasses. <laughs> Fascists. <laughs>